Do you have an idea for a podcast, but you don't know where to start? Maybe you're overwhelmed by all the tech or you're convinced nobody will actually listen to you. Well, I'm Shauna Game. After nine and a half years as a professional podcaster, at this show, everyone's talking money. And 25 million downloads later, let me tell you the secret to a profitable podcast. It is building a solid foundation, your podcast roadmap before you launch. That's why I created the Podcaster Class, a fast-paced group cohort podcasting for profit eight-week style NBA program. The Podcaster Class is immersive, comprehensive, and insanely motivational. If you want to create a podcast, DIYing a launch is just not the way to go. In the Podcaster Class, you'll get the tools, tips, and strategies to create a podcast that resonates with listeners and one you can be proud of. Get this. 90% of podcasters never make it to episode three. That's 2.8 million podcasters who just quit. So to be a top podcaster, you only need to publish 21 episodes, but you got to make them good. So in the podcaster class, I'm taking the mystery out of how to create, launch, and profit from your podcast so you can create a top 1% podcast just like this one. The May cohort is now open for enrollment. Classes start May 22nd. There are only 15 spots open. You are going to learn podcasting with me and 14 other amazing people. You can learn all the details at thepodcasterclass.com. Use code podcast when you sign up for $100 off. That's thepodcasterclass.com. You know I'm a big fan of enjoying life while still being smart financially. That's why I love ButcherBox. I can get a variety of high-quality meat, seafood, chicken, and pork at an amazing value, all with exclusive member deals delivered to my door with free shipping always. One thing I just never wanted to cut out of my spending plan is eating good food. And with ButcherBox, I don't have to, and neither do you. Where else can you get free protein for a whole year? Yes, you heard that right. One of my favorite go-to dinners is a salmon bowl. I'm not even a huge salmon lover, but ButcherBox's wild-caught salmon is Oh, so good. I make a nice little marinade, saute some veggies, cook the salmon, and throw in some weiss. And it is an amazing dinner. If you want to take less trips to the grocery store and always have prepared meat in the freezer for a lot less money, you need ButcherBox in your life. Sign up at butcherbox.com etm and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. You can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash etm. Hey, I'm Shauna Compton Game. This is Millennial Money, and today we're talking insider tips for a destination dream wedding with McLean Robbins. So we're continuing our wedding week, and today we're talking about destination weddings, which is definitely a trend, especially with millennials who are saying, you know what, I don't want to spend that crazy $36,000 on the average wedding. I want to do something small and intimate in a really cool location where, you know, maybe a select group of friends and family can come and celebrate 
in just a different atmosphere. And so today we have on the podcast, McLean Robbins, who is a luxury travel and lifestyle writer. McLean has written for more than 25 publications worldwide, including destination weddings and honeymoons, brides, um, modern luxury DC, the Rob Report, Forbes Travel Guide, Four Seasons, um, Washington, Bride and Groom, AOL, you name it, Travel Channel, you name it, McLean has written for them. And she actually just had her own destination wedding. So not only is she going to give you some insider tips that you should know, things that she's written about, cool places that maybe you might not have considered to have a destination wedding, she's also going to share all about her own destination wedding. All right, McLean, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. We are so excited to talk all about destination weddings. I'm excited too. Thank you guys for having me. Awesome. So before we get into talking all things destination, I wanted to just tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, a little bit about your background and kind of how you got into this crazy career called travel writing. Yeah, absolutely. So I started out as a, a writer editor. That's what I went to college and grad school for. And uh, what my parents used to joke was th- the only thing I was good at, um, which they were, of course, kidding. But um, <laughs> I certainly wasn't going to be an athlete. If you'd seen me run, you would know that one. Um, and I started out writing for a trade magazine. And I knew that wasn't what I wanted to do. I wanted to do the the consumer, the more lifestyle stuff. I had interned for lifestyle pubs in college. And I got, I'm going to say I got really Really lucky because in 2007, 2008, um, I live in Washington, D.C. If you recall, Obama was elected. It was a you know, great time of reinvigoration for Washington. And I was already writing about restaurants and spas and shops and all these great hotels started opening up. And as the sort of young, hungry person on the ground, I said, I'll cover it. I'll cover it. I'll do whatever. And I I realized that it was just a passion of mine. It was combining something I had always loved writing and something I had always enjoyed traveling. Mm -hmm. And I was lucky enough to get the opportunity to start with a couple of of major magazines in the DC area. And I, I just kept doing it. I kept pitching and working my way up and eventually moved to an agency where I spent five years running copy and content and SEO for hospitality companies worldwide and got additional experience there and and then just kept going. And it's been 10 years and I would not change a thing. Wow. So do you have any tips for, you know, any millennials who are thinking about maybe getting into this career? Is it just about being hungry and kind of chasing after every opportunity or would you do it a little bit more strategically? I think it's about being hungry and chasing after every opportunity. Absolutely. And I think, you know, a lot of people say, oh, you know, pitching is so much work. Well, I pitched, I got rejected. If you saw the list of rejections on my resume, it would be a lot higher than my list of accomplishments, as you know, many people would say. Um, You know, I think my one regret is that I had a blog for about five, six years that was becoming pretty successful. And I I left before the age of the influencer. Uh, (laughs) Yes. I I think if I had actually kept it up, I probably could just be writing for myself these days and not be writing for other people. Um, So I would say that, you know, it's important to to keep writing. And if you, if you aren't getting picked up, write for yourself, but it's also important to, to still consider the nationals out there and not just to try to, you know, go make your own way because I, I am infinitely more successful because of the contacts they made with a large publication backing me and not just, I'm trying to come to your property all on my own. Right. Exactly. Yep. That, that's an awesome tip. 
um, all the age of the influencer. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I think influencers are great and they have their place and, and absolutely not to disparage them at all. But I see a lot of, uh, particularly young women that reach yeah. out and they say, um, you know, I have 2000 Instagram followers. How do I get a free hotel? And I have to explain <laughs> right. that it's not about getting right. a free trip or a free hotel. It's about really telling and showcasing authentic experiences. Right, right. Awesome. So talking about that, you just recently had your own destination wedding. Tell us a little bit about that. I did. It was so much fun. We just got back about uh, two weeks ago from Cabo San Lucas, Mexico, where we had 50 of our closest friends and family there for a week. I think as somebody in the travel space, uh, I always knew that I wanted to do a destination wedding. My husband and I are both from the DC area and we knew if we tried to do it in DC, that it would just turn into uh, you know, a crazy event with 200 people. And right. I think I, I knew too much about DC. So we picked our favorite place at Cabo and rented a house and had everybody down for the week. And it was, it was really exactly what we wanted it to be. Awesome. What did, are, what? did you did you have other choices or did you guys kind of like yeah you know Cabo is at, at for sure the place. You know, I, I told my uh, maid of honor, who's my little sister, actually told the story at my wedding that we had gone when I graduated college. Um, we went to Cabo as a family for a week, and I stood on the tops of these these cliffs at Las Ventanas, right. which is one of my favorite resorts. And these fire pits came on at night, and I have this picture of my parents sort of embracing, and they were celebrating at the time. Um, their 25th wedding anniversary. And I thought, you know, oh my God, I will be so lucky if I can find a love like this. And this like, what a more beautiful place to celebrate. And so I had known, you know, long before I met my husband. <laughs> You're like, and oh, oh, by the way, this is where we're getting married. Yeah, I had like the private right, Pinterest right. board of, of all my cover right. things. So um, to me, that was what I wanted to do. But um, my mother did make me look at all sorts of venues. And we looked at a lot of different spaces. And I, I've written for a lot of wedding magazines for years. So it's, it's not that I didn't know what else was out there. I just was pretty dead set. <laughs> right. Yeah. You're like, there's no change in my mind on this one. Yeah. So, uh, it would have been very hard. A, a hurricane would have had to come Yeah. Out. Yes. The weather is getting warmer. I'm so excited. And it is time to say goodbye to all those jackets and sweaters and hello to the shorts and t-shirts. I wanted to update my summer workout wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince and I am in love. Quince is your go-to place from everything from premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless, 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part of all, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Okay, I bought the dreamiest pair of workout leggings and a bright pink workout top to match. Honestly, ladies, I gotta tell you, these leggings you need. The price cannot be beat, and I feel like a million bucks wearing this cozy workout friendly outfit. I've worn it for like five days straight. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash etm for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash etm to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash etm. Okay, friend, I want to know, what are your money goals this year? 
Are you saving to buy a house or maybe a wedding or a dream vacation to somewhere tropical? If that's you, please, please take me with you. Or maybe you want to just grow your emergency fund because let's be real, life is expensive. I want to make sure you reach your goals. So you need Monarch. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You can create custom budgets, track progress towards your financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. Here's what I love. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. You can change the layout of your dashboard. You can go between light and dark mode. You can create custom budgets and notifications. You can set up all of these automatic rules for your transactions and notifications and so much more. Monarch is obsessed with constantly improving their product. Get this. They release updates every two weeks and they even allow customers to submit suggestions vote on requested features, and view the product roadmap. This, my friend, is totally original. Plus, they will never sell your data to third party or show you ads. I think that's really important. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it is the top-rated personal finance app. And now, listeners of this show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash E-T-M for your extended 30-day free trial. So what are, you know, based on your own experience and, you know, the, the writing that you've done, what are some of the pros and cons that you've found of having a destination at wedding? Um, you know, thinking about that person who's thinking about getting married, they like the idea <laughs> of doing a destination wedding, but they just have no clue what it entails. Well, even after going through it and, you know, 18 months of planning and lots of tears, um, I will say if I could do it over again, I wouldn't have changed a thing. I still would have picked the same venue. I still would have used 90% of the same vendors and I absolutely would, would encourage people to do it. I think there's a couple of considerations. The first is, you know, they tell you, you know, statistics tell you that 80% of people that you invite to a destination wedding aren't going to come. Uh, In our case, 80% of the people we invited did come. Um, we invited 82 knowing full well that about 15 couldn't or wouldn't make it. And we had 50 show up. Granted, we had 56 confirmed until two days before the wedding. So we did have six people who just couldn't come, you know, two days in. So that's, that's always painful. But, um, you know, I think you, you want to plan with what works for your family. We're really lucky that we have family and friends all over the country, And we picked a spot that was pretty easy for people to get to, particularly because we had a lot of friends in California and Texas that honestly, it was closer for them to get to Mexico than it was for them to come back to DC. Um, So if if it's important for you to have all the grandmas, all the aunts, all the uncles, um, a destination wedding might not be for you. Likewise, if you're in a situation where uh, a lot of your friends are pregnant or have kids or thinking about getting pregnant, you pick a destination with Zika, you're going to cut down. Right large number of people. We did have a number of people cancel that were afraid of Zika, even though there's, there's really not much of it or any of it in Cabo. Um, you know, they were understandably afraid. So, you know, I think it's, it's a combination of picking a destination that, that you want to go to and then making the, those considerations of, you know, what, what is the size crowd you're willing to deal with? We said all along, if it was, you know, just our family and one or two friends, 
and it was a dinner party and not a wedding, we'd be completely fine. So as long as you don't expect 150 people to come, you know, you should, you should be okay, but you should plan that everybody who, uh, you invite is going to show because we, we definitely were not expecting all these people to come. Yeah. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, okay. So you're thinking about, let's say you have a particular place in mind, like, like you had Cabo in mind, you know, how do you, from wherever your home is, go about researching, you know, different venues, um, especially, you know, you're, you were going in another country. Are there any tips that you have for maybe how to begin that process to whittle down places? Absolutely. So, you know, I'm lucky enough that I've had the chance to travel all over the world and I still do. So I went on a lot of, um, you know, scouting trips just after we got engaged that were really, uh, that were articles that I was really scouting for my own wedding. Um, so I had the chance (laughs) to visit a lot of places, but I do think that you absolutely should visit a destination and it's a little bit like, um, I do travel advising as well. And I tell all my honeymoon clients this, you, you can get destination paralysis. So make a list of those those factors that are very important to you. For us, it was a uh, decent proximity for the majority of our guests to get a one-stop or non-stop flight to an area that was relatively safe, where even if you know guests didn't speak the language, it wasn't going to be prohibitive for them to get around, meaning there was like a variety of hotels at different price points, and you know, it was pretty easy for them to travel. Make sure that you can find vendors or that you're willing to go with a hotel that sort of does one of those all-inclusive packages. And then above and beyond that, you know, pick a place that is special to you guys, either because you've been there before, you and your fiance have been there before, or a place that you think you would want to return. I mean, I think it'd be very hard to do a destination wedding in, say, you know, Marrakesh and, and find that you're never, ever going to go back there and you right. know nothing about it, can't visit before the day of the wedding. I would have been very uncomfortable showing up the week of the wedding and having never seen my venue. So and Antarctica maybe is not the best either, you know, if it's, yeah. If it's what you want, and it's, <laughs> exactly. you, it's totally okay. Um, but you know, there's there's definitely a trend towards people spending the same amount of money they would on a wedding at home, uh, but they're doing it in a in a location and making a much nicer sure. party for twenty right. versus a, a large party for a hundred. You know, I think you have to also understand that generally speaking, a destination wedding isn't cheaper; it just has smaller people. You know, I. Yeah. I um, I'm lucky enough that my, my little sister's getting married in DC in November. So my poor mother's got oh to have two weddings, six months apart. And we, we added up all the bills. My mom was like, I think yours is actually more expensive than hers. <laughs> <laughs> Half as many people, but yeah, it's not cheaper. It's just a, a different experience. Yeah. So talking about budget, are there any, are there any corners that, that you can cut when you're doing a destination wedding or anything you can negotiate for? Well, you could definitely cut corners on people because I I think one of the things we made our initial list of people that we were going to invite. And, um, I encourage you to sit down with, and I would encourage any client or bride to do this is to sit down with their fiance and their families and make the list of people that have to come and divide it into an A list and a B list of these are the people that I absolutely have to be there. Um, call those people. If it's really important to you that your aunt come and tell them, tell that person where you're thinking about having the wedding and, you know, make sure they're going to show up. So the first is the number of guests. You can go from inviting a hundred people to a destination wedding to inviting 50. And that's very normal. So that's the biggest cost cutter. The next is, you know, consider that you don't necessarily have to have it at a hotel. We looked at a number of hotels Mm -hmm. in our destination and found that, 
it was very, very expensive because obviously you're paying per drink and you're paying for all the staff and all the overhead. And oftentimes guests have to stay at the hotel. So we ended up doing it in a private home and bringing all the vendors in from outside. Um, a destination opens it up to the opportunity to do it midweek, which can sometimes be cheaper for, uh, event rentals and your band or your photographer might be cheaper midweek. Uh, we did ours on a Thursday, um, originally because there were direct flights on Saturdays and we thought people might want to make a week out of it. Um, and then, you know, you can cut, you can cut corners in other ways, but know that with a wedding, a destination wedding in particular, you have to add other things in. And so things can be simpler in a destination because your setting is often a little bit more lavish and luxurious than a hotel ballroom. But guests also expect that everybody should be invited to the rehearsal dinner or the welcome party because they're all out of town. And you may well have to bring in transportation because people are coming from a foreign country. Whereas if it was at the hotel in the hotel ballroom, you might not have to do that. So um, I think where, where you take away, you also need to give. Um, and so it's just a matter of figuring out where you're willing to cut, to cut costs. Yeah. How did you go about finding the house rental? Um, I'm lucky enough that we have a membership to a wonderful vacation home and hotel rental travel group through American Express called Inspirado. And so we rented um, one of the houses in that portfolio. But I have traveled to Cabo probably 10 times over the past 10 years and had seen all the properties. Um, so I knew that to me, it was very important to be on the water, to have a home that was spacious enough to accommodate people. Um, and then to be able to have some of the the high levels of service, the concierge services that I would have at a hotel. So I found that uh, at this particular home, which is on the grounds of uh, Esperanza Resort. Um, but if you're looking, there are a number of really great uh, websites in different countries, um, luxury retreats, travel keys, Wimco in the Caribbean um, that have homes of this size. And I would encourage a bride to use a, a really good experienced travel agent to help them find a property that would be large enough to accommodate a wedding. And, and these properties, you know, if they can accommodate it, they're generally going to advertise that up front. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So you went to your guys' dream, or, or I should say, mainly your <laughs> dream destination uh, in Cabo. Where where are some of the places that maybe people should maybe think about these days that maybe people don't always know? Some lesser known destinations are are there any right now that that you go? Oh, you know what? If we did it again, that that would, place would be cool. Yeah, uh, you know, we picked Cabo because I like it, but also um, I mean, it was very some very practical reasons. I think that. Uh, Mexico is known for having a high level of service and Cabo in particular has got a lot of airlift. So it's, it's yeah. easy to get to, but also with 355 days a year of sunshine, um, I knew that picking the time of year we did may that I was pretty much guaranteed that I wasn't going to have rain on my wedding day. Um, and so I would encourage you as a, a potential bride or groom to, to do your homework and look at all three of those factors, but you can certainly look into now, a number of budget dependent. You can look into private islands. You can look into um, Jumbi Bay and Antigua, for example. You can look at Peter Island in the Caribbean. You can look at uh, some of the you know little islands like Virgin Gorda or um, even Scrub Island, which is in the BVIs. Uh, you can look at small spots um, in Europe, in Italy or Scotland or Ireland or the UK. 
Um, you know, and you can certainly look further afield as well. Um, and you can even look at small places in say, um, you know, on the, the great lakes up, mm. you know, the, the coast sure. off the coast of Michigan and things right. like that, that, that might be useful. You don't have to necessarily leave the country to have a destination wedding. I have a friend that did it in new Orleans and mm. had a great mm. time. Right. Right. Interesting. Well, and also some, some of the, the actual practicalities and the legal, you guys actually got married first here, right? In a, in a civil ceremony. We did. We had a civil ceremony at the courthouse. Um, and, and you certainly can legally get married in Mexico. Sure. It just is, uh, it's difficult. But for example, France has a 40 day residency requirement. And mm. so most couples that go to France aren't legally married in France. <laughs> right. Um, and quite frankly, it was very simple to go to the courthouse and we had a really beautiful little meaningful ceremony right there. Um, that, that took the pressure off the big day. I wasn't worried. He wasn't going to show up. I got a piece of paper, pal. <laughs> yeah. I was like, it's legal already, but you know, it still felt like a wedding. Yeah. 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 I'm going to be real with you. Identity theft is on the rise and you do not want to wake up one morning and discover that your bank account has been emptied or you're overdue on credit cards you never even applied for. We talk about this often on the podcast, but you don't realize how much of your information is available to scammers on the internet and how susceptible you and your family are to identity theft and fraud. I know, it's scary, but now you can get your data removed with Delete Me. That's why I personally choose Delete Me. Delete Me is a subscription service that removes your personal information from the largest people search databases on the web and in the process helps prevent potential ID theft, doxing, and phishing scams. I just started using Delete Me and I got my regular personalized privacy report. <laughs> I was shocked what they found and removed. It was pages of information about me that I did not want online. Here's how it works. You sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. I cannot tell you how relieved I felt to have Delete Me. And you know, it's also a great service for your parents or grandparents to help protect them from identity theft. Delete Me is not just a one-time service. Delete Me is always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you do not want on the internet. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special price for my listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use promo code etm at checkout. The only way you get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and enter code etm at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E.com slash etm. Go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use code etm for 20% off. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. <laughs> I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. 
finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. And then when you're when you're doing a destination wedding, you know, and there's there's travel involved, like air travel and things like that. Are there any ways that um, I mean, does it still exist where you could get group discounts with airlines and things like that? Absolutely. So the one of the benefits for my guests is that because I, um, about a year ago, joined a, a small luxury travel advising firm, I actually booked about 70% of the guests coming into the wedding. I booked them in. So I booked their airfare, their travel, their transfers, all of the above. Um, I might not recommend that as the bride who um, dealt with a lot of stuff on the <laughs> right. morning of the wedding day for clients that I typically wouldn't deal with. But um, we, given the location and the fact that people were staying all over, didn't do a room block, but absolutely you can still do a room block. You can do group air discounts if, you know, a number of people are coming from the same location. And absolutely, you know, I find that properties are generally willing to work with you for as few as five or 10 rooms. Hmm, interesting. Okay. So you don't have to, you don't have to have a hundred people in order to, you know. Oh, absolutely not. No, I, I sometimes had, you know, groups of three or four staying and the properties were still willing to give me, you know, even if they were just willing to throw in breakfast, it's mm-hmm. d- amazing what happens when you ask. And that's where an experienced, I think, travel advisor comes in and can really be an asset to, to a bride or groom in that situation. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So any, any parting tips you might have? Um, well, my biggest parting tip that I learned about Cabo, and I think it's true of some destinations is most of my vendors wanted to be paid in cash. Um, they wanted to be paid in cash because there's a tax in Mexico called, uh, the IVA, which is a 16% state tax. And I think if I paid in cash, they didn't have to pay the IVA. So I won't name my vendors. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and so, you know, we definitely, uh, had to, you know, come into Mexico with, uh, a lot of us having a lot of cash in a suitcase. And I think a lot of people are very excited to put things on credit cards to get the points. Um, and so for us, because we did it in a home and we had vendors from, and I sort of handpicked my favorites, that was, um, just not going to be possible. We did have to do things via wire or things via cash. Um, and so if you, if you want to put stuff on a credit card, you, you definitely want to go with a vendor that, you know, you can do that and you're not going to be charged exorbitant fees to do so. And then just look into what the policies are for your vendors. A lot of people say, you know, if it rains too bad, you just have to put a tent up. Um, and that's true of any wedding, but, um, you know, definitely read the fine print. I felt like in a destination, the vendors were in some ways less accommodating of working with you than they are, you know, from what I know of our vendors in DC. Well, that's that's even good to think about. Even no matter what other country you're in, the, even the, the exchange rate could be a lot higher too. That you know that you can make make your wedding a lot more expensive. Absolutely. Even I mean, I'm lucky enough to have a credit card that doesn't have a foreign transaction fee, but a lot of times they were adding three or five percent on to the cost of everything just to pay. And you know, at a resort, you're paying a service fee plus a tax fee. So. Um, the resort where we stayed the night after our wedding, if you added up all the taxes, um, you know, would have been about 30% on top of the cost. So definitely I would give yourself that 20 to 30%, um, cushion. And then my last piece of advice is just because it's a destination doesn't mean you don't need a honeymoon afterwards. Um, we went for a week, we, we came down on Saturday, got married on Thursday and flew home the following Saturday. And I think, uh, both my husband and I said, I I wish we had stayed just a few more days to unwind. Mm -hmm. I have never felt, um, just bone tired like I did. (laughs) sweating. So, um, my, my big advice, big advice is you don't have to take your honeymoon right away, but definitely take a little two, three day mini moon just so that you can sleep. 
Right, right, exactly. Uh, so uh, if people want to actually hire you as a honeymoon uh consultant and stuff or, or catch your writing, where, where can we check you out? Absolutely. Um, I am McLean Robbins and that's M C L E A N R O B B I N S on all social channels. And I am, uh, McLean Robbins.com. So you can actually fill out a form right on my website. If you want to contact me about writing, or if you want to contact me to book a honeymoon and, uh, I would love to talk to anybody. I've got a portfolio up there too. So you can certainly see my work. And I, I highly, highly recommend people going to your Instagram and checking out your cool pictures from your wedding as well too. <laughs> I can't wait till the officials come in. And talk about it. Yeah, I have a lot of good travel shots up there now. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. Well, great. Well, thanks so much for joining us. And um, I, I think this has been some great tips for destination weddings and things that maybe people don't think about. So this has been awesome. Great. Thank you guys so much. I loved being on the podcast. 